Hey, Holly. Hey, Dave. What is going on today on the What Difference Does It Make podcast? It's another great day on the What Difference Does It Make podcast. A particularly good day. Why would you say that? We have a guest, someone we have been listening to for years on a variety of stations in Los Angeles. And we are so excited that she agreed to come on to the podcast and talk about some old K-Rock music with us. We have... Tammy Heidi. Tammy Heidi, indeed. She was on K-Rock, started in the early 90s. Before that, she was in Boston at BCN, so she's going to have a lot of stories about Boston. You might have actually heard her on uh, Singled Out on MTV. Tammy has always charmed us. Every time she turns on the microphone, something witty came out of her mouth and always uh, endeared us to her talent. And so we wanted to get her on the show because we knew she's a music fan, and I think that uh, she's got some things to say. She's got some things to say, and she's currently also saying them on The Wave. 94.7 The Wave. Still. We're thrilled to have Tammy with us today. Correct. So we're going to count down the hits, as we do. 1985 is the year. K-Rock is the station. They have 106.7 songs that they had on their list. We are currently looking at songs 80 to 71. So why don't we get right into it right now? on the What Difference Does It Make podcast. With Tammy Heidi. Okay, yeah, you look, okay, there you go. You're perfect. Oh, of course. Oh, of course. Okay, <laughs> si- oh my God. <laughs> is that oh, a landline? No, it's my sister. Yes, it is. I know, I'm old school. Yeah. <laughs> wow, a wireless caller. Hey, Terry, I'm doing a, a Zoom um, meeting call podcast thing, <laughs> so I'm going to have to call you back. Love you, bye. That was my sister. <laughs> Love Terry it. and Tammy. Yep. Terry and Tammy Heidi. Brown. Terry Lynn and Tammy Lee. Yep. Terry. Well, you're not, are you from the South? Uh, you would think so. No, I uh, was uh, born in Western Pennsylvania, a suburb of Pittsburgh. So that's where ah. I spent my childhood, the wonder years. And then Connecticut and then Massachusetts and now California. Grew up on, uh, well, I haven't grown up yet, obviously. Yeah. None of us have. One day, yeah. <laughs> but I was a youngster uh, raised on uh, Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. That was um, QED Pittsburgh, I think. Oh, that's, and, oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, KDKA Pittsburgh, listen to what we started. So, uh, you know, my dad and I would listen. And I remember, like, uh, when the Beatles, I think it was, like, 1964, I Want to Hold Your Hand came out. And the uh, morning DJs on KDKA were riffing on that. And they were like, it's I Want to Hold Your Hand. No, it isn't. It's I Want to Hold Your Hand. So, I mean, I I grew up with that. (laughs) That is amazing that you remember that. That sticks in your head, like like something from... Yeah. Well, jingles, you know. Yeah. We don't you remember that from KH ninety three KHJ? Yeah. Yeah, but not. I mean, uh, you know, you're just a kid in sixty four. You were uh, a baby. You, yeah. Uh, I was still in the. I was still in the womb. Right. I, uh, there was a microphone set up. Okay. You, you yeah. And that's a real to real tape recorder at home. <laughs> and that's stuck in your head. That's funny. Yeah. Because I mean, I just remember things from. I don't even remember things from yesterday, but I, you know, I remember things, maybe when I was a teenager, but uh, like when you were- What is your earliest, what is your earliest memory? Mine is sitting in a high chair and I was eating carrots and I threw them up. And what I was amazed at was the reaction of like the babysitter and my sister, like, the, <laughs> and I, I guess I realized 
that was a performance and I got a reaction. I got laughter. Uh, <laughs> so I guess yeah. I've been, it's a good story to tell. <laughs> so that, okay. So you, you like, yeah, you recognize the funny and you recognize clever slogans also, and like radio. So all of a sudden and also, you're, uh, it, there is kind of broadcast in, in my background. My aunt was the one that told me when I was like a girl and a teen that, oh, Tammy has such a nice phone voice. She worked for the phone company. She worked for Ma Bell for for many years. Her brother, my uncle, Ray Scott, was a CBS Hall of Fame sports broadcaster. (laughs) He broadcast the Ice Bowl. I'm Ray Scott. I'll be calling the plays for you during the first half of today's game. To my right is Jack Buck, who calls the plays for the Dallas Cowboys, and you'll be hearing Jack during the second half. Jack? Your thoughts here as we're moments away from the kickoff. I think it's very cold, Ray. Our analyst for this afternoon's game is Frank Gifford. Frank, your thoughts. Uh, It's the coldest uh, field I've ever seen for football. Well, one thing I guess is pretty obvious by now, ladies and gentlemen. About every type of raiment is seen here at Lambeau Field today. And by any yardstick, it's just plain cold. It is indeed cold in Green Bay. If you look up Ray Scott and his younger brother, Hal Scott, they were in radio and TV and broadcasting. Also, my mother, Wilma Scott Heidi, was national president of NOW from 1972 to 74. So she was an orator, a speaker, and it's in my blood. Wow. You know, yeah. I can't escape it. I, I am what I am. I, I was born to do this. My dad also still alive. He's almost 94. He lives in Sarasota. I've been back and forth three times since May, taking a plane, big, brave girl taking a plane during COVID, right? Yeah. I don't know if you guys have flown. Yes, but, you do what you got to do, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, up in the air, on the air, right? So, <laughs> he has a really deep, rich, resonant voice. And when he and my mother were first married, they had a radio show in the South, in Georgia. I think it was, my dad's name is Jean. My mom didn't like her name, Wilma, and mm-hmm. she liked her middle name even less, Louise. So she was Jan. So it was Jean and Jan. And they would talk to whoever was coming into town. It was a small town in the South. So again, it's genetic and the fact that my dad its name is Jean, Jean, genetic Jean. So anyway, <laughs> I make all these crazy connections because I'm because that's what you do. That's your oh, thing. I'll shut up for a minute. No. no, so it is in your blood. So it's in your. It's definitely it's in my DNA. Definitely. Yeah. However, I went on um, on your the website uh, for the wave. You're you're currently you're doing some work with the wave, and your bio says making things up is just part of Tammy's charm. So I'm not sure. Are we supposed to believe all your stories? It's going to be to you, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> I mean, the truth is sometimes overrated, don't you think? <laughs> I agree. Yes. <laughs> why? Yeah. Why let the yeah. truth get in the way of the story? Correct. Exactly. I serve. I serve the story. I serve the joke. I serve the music. <laughs> you know, I I serve out the platters that matter. <laughs> and the truth is malleable. Yes. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. As long as I agree with it, yeah. <laughs> All right. So the truth is you started at Emerson or like your radio career kind of? Emerson College, yeah. W-E-R-S. I, I went to Emerson College and I also volunteered at MIT's station, WMBR, formerly WTBS. But when Ted Turner <laughs> was trying to start up his company, he bought the call letters and that kept 
the student-run station on the air for many years, but they changed to WMBR, and then I interned at WBCN for The Morning Man, Charles Lacuadera, on The Big Mattress, and then uh, I got hired in 1985 as a part-timer, and then I did nights, and then in 91, I segued to K-Rock, because I, I wanted to work, it was like, uh, I was setting the goal, I was like, that's where I went to work. I had started visiting a college friend, Bonnie Stern, who had moved to LA and I, I visited her and she lived in Laurel Canyon at the time. And there was this lookout. You could see the LA basin to the ocean. And I stood on that lookout point. Was it by Joni's house? By Carol King, the tapestry house. Yes. Right around the corner from there. So all that Laurel Canyon history too. I looked out and I said, Oh my God, I could rock this town. The Tammy Show. 106.7 K-Rock. Are there birds chirping in the background? Yeah. Oh, I thought maybe we were in love. Oh, right on. So it happened. I feel like I manifested it. And I also feel like things unfold organically and they happen when they're supposed to happen, if that makes any sense. I think so. Yeah. I do. And <laughs> I really, know. when you when you think about how many people want something like that and you made it happen. I mean, that's a, that's a really big, <laughs> big Look, deal. I, I realize my career trajectory is not the norm for people starting out in radio because my alphabet of radio station call letters is, is like the Hawaiian alphabet. It's only, you know, 13 symbols. Most people like the goal was to get to WBCN in Boston. Right let alone, I mean, the two commercial radio stations I first worked for, WBCN, and then K-Rock. Yeah. I mean, All check right. me out. Yeah. I'm on the radio. All right. <laughs> so that, that actually fascinates me, how you got into Boston is, you know, top five market. How you, like, right out there. of college, was it, how did you get this gig? You know, I guess it was Oedipus is the... Was, Oedipus was the program director yeah. that hired me, and he started at when it was WTBS, MIT station, he got discovered from doing college radio. Then he became the program director and he heard something in me. I graduated Emerson in 81, but I didn't get hired in, until 80, 85, you know, as, as a part-timer on BCN. And it was because I was focusing on doing other things. I was doing the college radio. You know, we've all done radio for free, I'm sure, you mm-hmm. know, right? Mm-hmm. Do what you love <laughs> and you'll never work a day in your life. And also don't chase the money. Don't follow the money. The money will come. Do what you love. So anyway, yeah, Oedipus um, hired me because he'd heard me on WMBR. The Late Risers Club was a popular morning show. And he said, you know, I heard you the other day. You're really funny. You're smart. You have info, blah, blah, blah. You know, would you consider doing a part-time shift on? I'm like, hello, I, I, can I sweep the floors? Yeah. I'll do anything. And that's how my uncles, who I mentioned, Scott and Hal Scott, they just started hanging around the radio stations and doing whatever. And it, it's like being an understudy. You know, somebody couldn't come in, they're sick or uh, whatever. Here, here's the mic, put on some headphones, do it. 
So learn by doing. I have wondered since the first time I heard you if that was your real, if Tammy Heidi was your real name. It's Tamara Heidi, but yes, it is. And I wouldn't come up with something that cheesy. I do have a lot of (laughs) fake names. And even when I was a kid, I would make up characters, Carol College. Like I had my little play telephone and a play typewriter and a desk. I had Bear Baby Strong. I would run around in my mom's fuchsia scarf and nothing else around the house. So, yeah, I've been making up characters, and now I'm Tamale Hottie, Trixie Hijinks. There's all kinds of characters. Did you- Again, it's, it's, I'm every woman. It's all in me. <laughs> As Peter Wolf of the Jay Giles Band says, and he was an original BCN disc jockey, if it's in you, it's got to come out. <laughs> okay, so tell us how you did manifest you did get onto k-rock were you knocking on the door there or was it someone you knew um, well my program director oedipus and i said no i want to work at k-rock he said well there's an infinity uh the parent company at the time managers meeting next week why don't you put together a tape i'll sell it he came back and said well they like you they like the tape they don't have any openings i said okay so if something comes up I was on the air nights and I, at BCN, and I said, you know, I never talked to Andy Schoen and Trip Reeb, the program director and general manager, myself. It's three hours earlier there. I'll just call them. And so, you know, I called and said, hey, it's Tammy. You know, I'm going to be out there in a few weeks anyway visiting. Can I just meet with you guys? Sure, sure. And like a week after that, they called Oedipus and said, Swedish Eagle left. So we have an overnight opening. Would Tammy be it? Um, yes. <laughs> you say jump. I say how high. Basically, it started overnights and a couple of weekend shifts. And then it was broadcast from the palace with me and Doug the Slug, Slug Sadie's Benz, Doug Sluggo Roberts, now on <laughs> afternoons uh, with Kevin on KLOS. We broadcast from the palace and it was it was just a blast. Then the poor man debacle and uh, nights <laughs> opened up and then middays. So yeah, it was, I just got my foot in the door because they knew me because I had, you know, sent the tape that my program director Oedipus had helped me. That's how, again, organic. I realized that I've had a very charmed, um, I'm blessed. I'm thankful every day. And when I was on K-Rock proper, I would wake up every day before my show and say, holy show, wow, I am on the air in the middays in Los Angeles, when are they going to realize what a big mistake they've made? <laughs> Imposter syndrome. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But it wasn't, honestly. It's, I mean, we no, because it wasn't. we were, it was earned. Right. There, there are a few names of jocks that we remember. And Tammy Heidi is, is one of them. My, my wife is not a big radio fan at all. And I said I was talking to Tammy Heidi. She's like, oh, I, yeah, I loved her. You know, it's these. Wow. Well, that's really nice <laughs> yeah. to hear because you don't know. And, you know, there's an old saying, two joints later, they forget your name. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that. That's me. <laughs> what? You're kidding. We're talking with Tammy Heidi. You're probably thinking, why are we stopping? Well, you know, somehow this has got to be paid for. We can't do this for free. We've got to take a break. We've got to do something. Why don't we just do that? Stop it. And we'll be right back. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. 
I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything factor meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's Factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, uh, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Welcome back to the What Difference Does It Make podcast and our guest, Tammy Heidi. So aren't we supposed to be talking about music? Oh, I know. What? Fine. Okay. So what we're doing here is uh, we're looking at the year 1985. K-Rock had their 106.7 top songs of uh, of the year. We're looking at 10 songs at a time. And it's uh, every 10 songs just kind of, we kind of find a theme or it's just kind of a, a nice little snapshot of some forgotten classics, some memory songs that we love and others are like, what the hell was, was going on there? you hate and it's like, why did this happen? Right. Why is or this did on my radio? actually play this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, this right. is amazing that this was on the air. This, this is crazy. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go through the songs. We've got you with uh, songs 80 to 71. 
<laughs> I gave you a cheat sheet. Have you studied up? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Again. I wrote the answers on my hand. Making things up is part of Tammy's charm. That's what we've learned. Okay. So here we go. Okay. So number 80, a lovely German lady named Nina Hagen, Universal Radio. I fell back in love with, with Nina Hagen after watching this. Like I, I, I went down a little rabbit hole like, oh my God, what she, what an innovator. What an amazing. You know her first name is really Catherine Nina Hagen. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I and didn't. it's Nina, not to be confused with Nena 99 Loof Balloons. Yes. It's spelled differently. I'm a word nerd, too. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so universal ra- So what does it mean to you? We're kind of universal radio here on Zoom. Yeah, yeah, it really is. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> she was ahead of her time in many ways. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Did you watch the video of like her concert that that little clip from uh, from Rio? I guess it was probably oh, a rock and Rio. To do that right, uh, you don't to have watch. to. You didn't have to watch. Yeah. It. I, I listen. Okay. Is that good enough? <laughs> yes, of course. So <laughs> what wants it, to make radio a visual medium, and I, I don't. Maybe I'm a purist. <laughs> All right. You know, in in the 90s, she was hanging out Rodney Bingenheimer, Rodney Mm. on the Rock, who who was my first introduction to K-Rock was Mm. those compilation albums at Cantor's and at the Kibitz Room. So Nina in in the maybe late 90s was hanging out there where Rodney would always hang out. So and and my now ex-husband was a big fan of her. So he would go to Cantor's just at the chance of meeting nina and and he did so whatever <laughs> that's amazing yeah so nina hagen yeah yeah so do you want to go to the next song yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well yes. fine you take the you are you gonna drive the car yeah uh no 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 i'm a passenger <laughs> pop. yeah okay so let me uh, let me quickly ask you that the 80s was not particularly kind to women in the music industry now that you, you know, kind of representing what your mom, you know, was important to your mom, you know, did you have a hard time sticking your, to your guns or, you know, just like you, you no, know, like this morning, like this morning show you, you described like, you know, you had to press your breasts against the window. I mean, was there. Oh, I, you, I, I mean, I, you know, I wasn't pressing mine, no, <laughs> but I, I <laughs> that, mean, that's I mean, not where the pressure was coming from. No, I, no, um, <laughs> no is, does sexism exist? I, is misogyny <laughs> so deep that some people don't even realize that, that it, you know, it's in them. Yeah, that is true. And it's like, mom, your work here isn't done, <laughs> you know? So I'm, I'm proud to, to you know, be, second, third, fifth, whatever wave of, of feminism. I mean, feminism is the radical notion that women are human beings. 
And my mother was a, a humanist first, you know, it was human rights. Uh, we're all people, you know, so, you know, trans, gay, black, white, Asian, Pacific Island, whatever, we're just one human race. So I just like to get back to humanity. And I, I love that music can facilitate that, you know, there's a song for everything. And at this point in my life and career, everything is a song trigger. It's almost like a Tourette syndrome. I, I can't, I hear a word that, that, that might be a song. Like if you said universal, I might say radio and start singing that song. It's magnificent. It's, it's beautiful. I, I did get that feeling when we were uh, texting back and forth, like, oh my God, this is, Tammy's got the, everything, everything was a cue. That's when I knew you were going to be a great guest. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. That's kind. Um, yeah, I don't have an off button or if I do, I haven't, like there's always a radio show going on in my head. Always, always, always. I can't, I can't. I've just always had this childlike wonder and curiosity. All right, Tammy, you're, 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 you're going off target here. Come on. We've got to stay on target here. Reel it, reel it back in. Reel it. All right. Here we go. Focus, focus, focus. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, general public, this is, uh, this is number 79. The song is Never You Done That. In case you didn't remember, we're, we're talking about songs from 1985 that, uh, <laughs> yes, that K-Rock yes. played. Feelings of general public, were you, uh, did you, did you like them? Were you more like, yes, oh. Yes, love uh, them. I was more an English beat girl, I guess. But I wanted to be the two-tone girl because I wanted to be a go-go dancer when I was, you know, <laughs> like six, seven, eight. Um, <laughs> that was my, so now I get to go-go dance around in the studio. You know, I, I can go-go dance for you guys, but that, that's going to cost a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Money well spent. You were a Dave Wakeling fan. Did so? Did uh, artists come into the state when you were at BCN? Did you get a chance to talk to people? Mm-hmm. But at K Rock, maybe did you? Did you K Rock? Uh, well, again, that was ninety one, July of ninety one, and oh, and nice. on. I'm told that when the station was in Pasadena, that uh, I mean Van Halen comes up and knocks on the door with yeah. their demo. The artists would come and because ha- it was. It was the hang. It was the place to be. Yeah. It was you. Know, you hand delivered the music you made to the disc jockey who was on the air. So that stuff happened, and that stuff happened at BCN, but not necessarily with these artists. The Cars, maybe you know, till yeah. Tuesday. The Del Fuegos. I remember that. Oh God, I love Del Fuegos. <laughs> yeah. I went to the uh, one of the uh, at the Paradise um, there. Uh, they were taping for the video for I'm not sure what song and myself and, and some other, you know, real fans got mad because they had hired a bunch of models to be in the front row so that the models got 
got on camera, not the real fans, but whatever. I'm not bitter about that. <laughs> um, I, I'm not bitter. Party of one, your table is ready. Um, I always, well, I always remember the Del Fuegos were like, because I was in college or something, we were like, oh, the first, like an indie band was selling out already. You know, like they, they had like that beer commercial. Well, and it's like, that was a big was, deal. That, well, like people, but people said they're selling out. It's like, no, they're monetizing their art. They're getting paid. They're, they they make, may be making a living wage. Yeah. No, we realize that now, but at the time, yeah, like, of yeah, well, <laughs> at the, you know, back, and we were back in the day, like, how dare no, they? That, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, like this I is said, my band at the, <laughs> at the Del Fuego's video shoot. Uh, it's like, this is my band. I should be in this video. Yeah. Um, you know, me and all my cool friends, college radio. And, uh, you know, I was a BCN and I, I was really too cool yeah. for, you know, to play foreigner or this or that. But, yeah. uh, you know, you realize it's like, well, maybe you have to play those familiar hits to get someone to listen to The Clash or to listen to Del Fuego's. Mm -hmm or whatever, you know, and that was Oedipus's philosophy was if I have to play bands I don't necessarily like. And I was a snob about the band Boston. Brad Delp, God rest his soul, one of the nicest human beings I've ever met, but I didn't really like the band. I appreciate them now. I appreciate them in retrospect, but um, yeah, very snobby and very precious about yeah. music. Sure. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, that's what being young's all about. That's, you know, like this being, is being a, being a snob being a jerk yeah yeah uh, like, my, <laughs> like my i'm dad, sure when you worked at newberry you were newberry you were that you were like at uh like at high fidel like the jack black or or uh, john cusack <laughs> like just uh you know oh uh, just making oh. assumptions well, like when someone bought something not that you didn't appreciate well i have some newberry comic stories to tell oh i sold john belushi the cassette of decline of western civilization and also the fear cassette because and they they played fear played on saturday night live yeah and they were yeah. banned and they were banned right yeah. after they played <laughs> all right no fear <laughs> but but to your point dave we do feel like we own the music or or to your Sammy, we 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 own it like that's the way we felt with k-rock you know it was we, very that was precious. our music ours this yeah. is our thing yeah. And WBCN was kind of like that to Boston, like we, K Rock was to Los Angeles. Uh, let's keep moving on. Jeez, we've got so much song. Oh my <laughs> God, what the hell's All going on? Talk. Ugh. No time for the music. Enough of my yapping. Howard Jones, Ooh, Life in One Day. <laughs> this this guy's got a real positive attitude. He's every song is just uh, life is wonderful. Things uh, can only get better. Things. And I love that most about him. I never met him, but just reading about him and you know looking up songs. Yeah, his positive attitude will get him everything, and he's kind, and that's important, and it shows in the music. He has that happy look. If you look at any of his performances, he just looks happy. Sweet and, yeah. and childlike. Not hardened. 
by the world. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, uh, yeah, right. Just hopefully group not hug, now. Group hug, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch Dave this video, or did you guys? Well, I yeah, I just I I, I didn't do my homework. Okay? All right, I didn't well, watch the video. I just saw the song titles, and I figured I'd fill in the rest. All right, well, um, my bad. I, no, that's that's fine. No. So he has he had in this clip a, a pretty pretty amazing mullet. What? How do you land on the mullet? What is your? Uh, do you like this hairstyle? Well, when I worked at Newbury Comics for a while, Amy Mann, before Till Tuesday, <laughs> her band Young Snakes worked there. And when it would get boring, she would cut my hair. So I had really short hair for a while. It kind of looked like Macaulay Culkin. Okay, we're going on to number 77. This is someone who you actually talked to, according to uh, your bio. Although, uh, you know, occasionally you embellish. This is David Bowie's Loving the Alien. <laughs> Tell me about David Bowie. Well, my meeting with David Bowie was... I think it was in the 90s. It was David Bowie's 50th birthday. And it was when he put out those his stock, David Bowie stocks. Yeah, that's um, right. And they had at Universal for like 25 or maybe 50 K-Rock listeners, a Q&A with David Bowie. And I moderated that. So that was my meeting. And I remember asking him, are you having the time of your life? And he said, yes. David Bowie, I thought, was from another planet, you know, Ziggy Stardust from like, I thought he'd always be here. I -hmm. thought he'd always be here. So, you know, his passing, it's like, I know he's there. I know I feel everybody's always been here. I feel that this is the vessel that has captured the energy that has always been me, that will always be me, as with you, as with you. He's a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars. He has a right to be here. Just a magnificent human, like a superhuman, I think. I no argument. Yeah, no argument. <laughs> I'm sure your mom is talking you up right now to Bowie. Kind of. Oh, I, <laughs> they may be hanging out. Yeah. She did, when uh, my sister and I were going through her papers, found communications with her, with John Lennon and Yoko Ono around the time of their bed-in because Yoko was having problems. They had some communication with my mother about, you know, feminism and human rights and the whole thing, you know, Yoko and and John's struggle. So, yeah. So, again, Mm -hmm. connections you know wow. all these connections yeah uh, powerful stuff i know uh, okay so this is an la artist david uh, david danny el danny elfman what's danny his elfman. name <laughs> danny elfman oingo boingo which is like a, they were an la band and i don't think 
was the, were they the big in house or, band? Yeah, were they? I mean, as far in, as I'm concerned, in Boston, no, did you know Coast, of this band? No. Yeah, we did, we did, but okay. um, we kind of looked at them as like a a wannabe devo. Oh, is that right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's something to aspire to be devo. It was L.A. It was definitely West Coast. Yeah. It was definitely, and again, um, Danny Elfman, such big friends with everyone at k-rock at the time yeah. it was a yin yang you couldn't really have k-rock without oingo boingo like the halloween shows and to this day fans want danny elfman and boingo to get back together and and uh, that gets back to being precious and it's like but you promised us it's yeah. almost like but <laughs> mommy and daddy get back together <laughs> i thought you loved us why won't you it's like well we can love both and understand that that was then this is now it's it's always gonna move forward and if just being in boingo is gonna hold danny elfman or anybody back why would you want that for this artist that you love why are you so selfish why don't you sit in the corner and think long and hard about what you've done to this musical family it's time to reflect yeah okay danny elfman is a national treasure, a, a musical genius, a, a visionary, so creative. So we do need gratitude for Danny Elfman. Cue gratitude. the music. Life's been so good to me. Has it been good to you? Has it been everything that you expected it to be? Was it as good for you as it was good for me? And was it everything that it was all set up to be? Now Attitude is always the attitude, <laughs> not just with Boingo or this, but just in life every day. Gratitude for, for being here. Yeah. Yeah. Have Gratitude's you, the attitude. So Boston's own the cars. This must have been uh, BCN must have claimed them as their own, or what? What was the relationship between with the cars and, and Boston and the station? Uh, just you know old buds i mean aerosmith was the house band oh, but okay. the cars definitely you know we definitely played them and um when i worked at newbury comics uh synchro sound the Cars studio was right across the street so different members of the cars would come in um i think david robinson um would come into the store i don't know if if rick did but i would see rick um, all six foot whatever of him <laughs> and five foot one of me at uh, Spit, um, which was a nightclub on on uh, the radio station BCN was right around the corner from Fenway Park, like so close that you, you could know, spit you could get be hit. Well, yeah, <laughs> or you could be hit by a, a fly ball coming out of Fenway Park. I just remember one time being at Spit and Rico was there. He was so kind because I'm like looking up, mm-hmm. and the, so he sat down on, on <laughs> so, some so we could kind of see face to face. They were just really cool, as Rodney Bingenheimer would say, "It's all happening. It's all happening." <laughs> 
Did you get, did you work any clubs? Did, did you spin there yeah. at all? Mm-hmm. The channel and what was it called? It was called Streets and Streets, Digny Fignus was booking that club. He's also mm-hmm. a musician. He had a song. She's the girl with the curious hand. You may have seen that video. She's a girl with a curious hand. She's a girl with a curious hand. Anyway, he booked Streets, and he booked R.E.M., he booked Bad Brains, he booked all these these bands that nobody had heard of that were coming up. And I remember R.E.M. playing, and Michael Stipe, he had that curly hair <laughs> at the time, that, that, that cute mop, but he turned his back on the audience yeah. for that show. And Streets, that, that club was kind of like um, the size of like the Roxy or, or the whiskey. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I did do some club DJ. All right. Let's just plow through these. Come on. All right. Number 74. This is a band called U2, a sort of homecoming. I think the version they were playing was not from Unforgettable Fire. This was from their live version of Wide Awake in yeah. America. How aboard were you, where do you on stand YouTube? On yeah, where's your stance on YouTube? Are you <laughs> love, not a hater? Yeah, um, still, uh, still to this day. Uh, yeah, and I, I understand. Even Bono recently has said, "I understand why people get bugged by me," but you know, he calls himself Bono Vox, good voice. I mean, seriously. So he's got to have a bit of a an ego. I went to that first U2 show in America at the Paradise. I remember exactly what I wore. It was like a zebra striped dress. And um, I was in my Edie Sedgwick phase. I wanted to look like Edie (laughs) Sedgwick. I remember seeing them at the Paradise. Met years later at K-Rock. And a girlfriend of mine from Boston was dating the road manager for U2, Giles Baxendale. (laughs) Sounds a little... English. That's, that's it? not a real name. No, no one has <laughs> yes, that name. Is. No, no that, that's yeah. a James Bond <laughs> villain. That's, that's, no, that's, that's how I feel about um, uh, Cumberbatch. It's like, yeah, that can't be a real <laughs> yeah right. Uh, Benedict. What, what is his first? Engelbert Humberdinck. Yeah, yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch, Engelbert Humberdinck, <laughs> Giles Baxendale. Who are these? Tammy Heidi? Yeah. What the? <laughs> Come on. Get real. Yeah. A sort of homecoming. Did you like that song? Was that, did that make you happy? <laughs> did you? Yeah, I did. Because yeah. it kind of reminded me, um, there was a, a Till Tuesday song about uh, homecoming, coming up close. 
everything <sighs> feels like coming home. So, mm. and, and I kind of associate you two with Boston because oh, of yeah. the, you know, relationship mm. that BCN had and Carter Allen had and, you know, uh, we all had. All right, Holly, I'm kind of curious because you're a huge YouTube fan. Did you like, do you like the studio version or the, the live version that, um, from this? I know you know, oh. and actually you never choose. So, <laughs> uh, I know it's, it's very hard to choose, but the live version, I mean, they're both really passionate, but the live version is probably. That is the correct answer. That's what I was looking for. The live, <laughs> that is yeah. the correct. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> You too specifically, I think it's rare for me to like the live version because I'm mm-hmm. so used to hearing the hits and, you know, the produced and the, that, right. and if I wasn't at the concert, like, why do I care that some other person is having fun? <laughs> why go. do I want to hear that? But I think you too has successfully captured the energy from the live and brought it. So someone hearing the live version won't be like, why is this live? They feel it. So yeah, yeah, yeah the live version wins. Oh. 80s U2 live versions are, are just phenomenal. Yeah. There's something about, yeah, that band, they, that was, that was the be all, stand all. Like yeah. you could connect. If you were at the concert, you kind of felt like I'm right there, and, yeah. you know, sharing this joy and, and putting this out into the world with them. Yeah. Okay. Let's keep moving. We got three more songs. So number 73, Fine Young Cannibals, Johnny Come Home. Roland Come Home. What's, uh, where, where is Roland Gift? And, and how much do we, I, I mean, this, Johnny Come Home, this is a great song. I also listened to uh, Suspicious Minds, their, their uh, cover of a song. And that's They're phenomenal, great. too. And Love Unbe- that song. Unbelievable. And playing, and playing, you know, Fine Young Cannibals on, on K-Rock HD2, Rock of the 80s. And I played them in college radio. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they made it onto BCN. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and Roland Gift is just, he is a gift. I mean, he's just a beautiful human. Just just to look at his face and his presence and then his voice. I mean, he's he's like a blue-eyed soul singer to me. Nobody knows the trouble you feel. Nobody can. Feeling is real. Johnny, we're sorry. Won't you come on? Yes, he is beautiful. He, in 1990, he was one of people's 50 most beautiful people. Yeah. Uh, number 72, ABC, How to Be a Millionaire. Okay, so I'm. this is from the album How to Be a Zillionaire. 
And then you buy the album and it's how to be a millionaire. I don't, you know, that's the name of the song. Talk about your bait and switch. I don't know what's what's going on here. I wanted to be a zillionaire. And now you're getting some advice. I thought I was, but I was not. Do we we have to turn into a Karen and speak to the manager? Yes, I would like. (laughs) (laughs) Please. Yep. Do you like this song? This is kind of a fun little uh, oh, yeah. thing. I like all the ABC songs. And Martin Fry, I, I just love him. I've never met him, but I, I love that he self-references in songs. Martin, <laughs> maybe someday. Um, and that was the thing about being host, uh, the host on uh, K-Rock HD2, Rock of the 80s, was I could relive my college radio years. <laughs> And uh, get my yayas out. And it, it's just <laughs> so fun. It's so fun. I mean, being a disc jockey, and I say to myself, I go, check me out. <laughs> I get to play songs that other people wrote, recorded, and performed. And I get paid a little money for it, too. I mean, you know, like we said bit. earlier, yeah. we've all done this for free. We're all doing this. For free. We love doing this. It is so fun. It beats working for a living. It beats a kick in the head. Just to, again, share it with people. Like, I feel like it is a record party, uh, a play in a record party. Although, you know, I'm the one playing it. And whether or not I choose, do I have my favorites? You know, sure I do. But commercial radio, it's right there in the name. Somebody's got to pay for the broadcast equipment and the this and the that and the hair and the makeup and, um, <laughs> you know, the whole thing to, to get it to happen. So, yeah, college radio, that's the most fun you're going to have with your clothes on or off. It's the most fun <laughs> you can have. It is the most fun you can have. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. So there. maybe we can apply some Martin Fry knowledge, how to be a millionaire doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pounds dollar. Although we do have to wrap it up. I mean, come on. Time flies. I know. We must be having fun then. I know. <laughs> okay. And the last song. Oh, oh the what? Last song. All right. We got to wrap. burn it all down. Another LA. This is the band, another LA band, kind of like Oingo Boingo. X was a K-Rock band. I don't know how much they made it over uh, to the East Coast, but. Oh, they totally did. Oh, okay. Because That's... when you were mentioning Del Fuego slash records, oh, okay. they were on that. Yeah, totally, um, yeah, totally down with X, uh, totally played on college radio and somewhat on WBCN. Certainly, I'm guessing on FNX later. X, just huge, huge Los Angeles band. They are Los Angeles. There was that album called yeah. Los Angeles and just the personalities in that band. John Doe, 
Exine Cervenka, or, or she was going by Cervenkova for a while. I found out recently that she has MS, and I also was diagnosed with MS about 20 years ago. But when she was diagnosed, I think it was more like 10 years ago, I talked to her because I was introducing them at, um, I think, the Whiskey or the Roxy or somewhere here. Uh, talked to her about it a, a little bit. But I've connected with her uh, through the years in, in Los Angeles. She had a, a store in Silver Lake that was brilliant, a brilliant store. Mm. It sold like uh, vintage stuff, but never used, like old stock, wrapping paper, you know, stuff from... 50s 40s you know six whatever it it was a great store and i would always go there so big connection with x personally and also you know through playing them on the radio and uh burning house of love yeah 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 so this was an this was a song where they're kind of swinging for the fences this is like they're trying to do this is like their rock radio song they've got a new producer it's not ray manzarek they had a professional video they're like okay we're we're gonna this we're hitting the big time did it hit with you? Did do you like the song? Or? Yeah, I mean, I I'm more connected with it was better the the new world. It was better yeah. before. What's his name? Oh this yeah, was supposed to be the new world. Mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe burning hustle. Maybe they're like, all right, like you said, swinging for the fences. Let's just throw all the spaghetti against the wall, see what sticks. Let's just go big. Let's go big or go home. Drive by my house late at night. You can see from the free. Yeah, go for it. And the amazing thing, I and I talked to both John Doe on the air and Xene, I think separately, but about the fact that they were a couple, and then they split, and then they each had, I think, their first child on the same day with someone else. Is that right? Wow. Like, how <laughs> freaky is that? Like, that's part of the cosmic, like, whoa, <clears throat> there's, a, there's a connection. So they both, I think, had their first kid with another partner on the same day. But it's part of the cosmic. That's the that's the burning house of love working there, right there. The burning house of love. (laughs) Ain't love grand, don't you? It it is. It is. Love makes the world go round. Love is the answer. Love Love is is everywhere. Love is all you I mean, oh, that's I, what all the songs are written about, really, right? Right. Yeah, I know. Where will we be without love songs? Some people well, think we've had enough of silly love songs. People are still having sex. No. That's a song, too. No, no. Really? Love. Sex, rock and roll. Yeah. Hello. It's all happening. <laughs> it's all <laughs> I know. I, I feel like I, I need a cigarette after this uh, talk. Oh, my God. Something I, I'm going to let you go. You've earned your take. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. You go. We don't want to let you go. Come on, Tammy. We still got. <laughs> I told you we were going to extend this. Still daylight. Songs. Yeah, I could still see. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. We're going to go to uh, to number one. Here we go. Let's get number 70. Here we go. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. Can we call you a friend of the show now? Okay, let's. 
We're gonna you can call me Tammy. <laughs> just... Yes, you can. Yes, friend of you, <laughs> friend to all. That's it was radio. a pleasure to meet both of you. Yes, it was so Thank nice you. to meet you for too. sure. All right, kids, I'm gonna let you go. All right. Thank you so and very much. This was wonderful, and yeah, we'll we'll talk. We'll welcome. talk again. Thank you. Thank we'll you. reach out to you when we need you again, which Thank which may you. be when you need my yeah, services. Yeah, in emergency, yeah, emergency situations. We need that. We'll call you on the bat phone. Uh, Carpe that DM. You too. Enjoy. Thank you. Thank you. you too. Cheers. Bye. 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 All right, we did it. We got through songs eighty to seventy one from nineteen eighty five that was played on the world famous K Rock in Los Angeles. Did we? <laughs> did I get all that? I feel like I I feel like uh you know we. We talked for a long time with Tammy, so I'm a little little winded. I think it was well worth it. She was everything I was hoping that she would be, you know, listening more. to her and, and more. Yeah. Quite a personality. Yes. We, I totally, I was thrilled. This was my first time meeting her and she was better <laughs> than we could have possibly hoped. Yeah. So we talked for a long time. That is why we have a YouTube channel and Holly is in charge of that. And she will tell you all about that. <laughs> Look for us on, on YouTube. What difference does it make podcast? You will find plenty of outtakes from our chat with Tammy. Hill. Just, you know, youtube.com backslash what difference does it make podcast or just do a search for what difference does it make podcast? Yeah. Something like that. And same on, on all social media. We'll post clips on all our social media at WDDIM podcast. What a great idea. Social media, the future. That's what I've heard. Oh, these kids. Okay. Well, let's wrap up this little podcast fun time show that we do here every Friday. We do this every Friday. So subscribe and you'll be pleasantly surprised at whatever uh, amazing guests we have. Never miss an episode. You don't want to miss an exciting, fun-filled episode. So let's wrap up this one. Until next time, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.